The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not lose. lose. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and today we have our special guest co-host in the building, Brian Salmon, uh, here from Sports Nights Las Vegas Channel 3. We are black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. We're here interviewing the best in the game and in the boardroom, covering it all, laughing at all, while providing the platform to be heard, okay? So you know what we like to do around this time. We've got to welcome our guests. So... Our guest gets paid to make plays while y'all just watch men. Bars. Bars. We're going to get into that a little later. If you expect great things, you'll do great things. That's how the relationship with him and John Gruden started. So without further ado, your Las Vegas Raiders tight end, Darren Waller. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Yes, Let's appreciate get you guys it. having me on. Yes, oh, man. Appreciate you having it, man. Make a time for us, man. No strange time. So how we get it, we got to get to shoot your shot moment, man. So we need you to give us a story and time. We usually went for it all. Never say never. Bet on yourself. Give us that story. And you can't give us like, man, you know, I shoot my shot all the time, every day. We need a specific moment story. Boom. Hit us. With a woman? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. With that voice. You hit him with the, I know. know. With a woman? I know. He already sounded like Barry White. <laughs> making us I don't know. I'm not, really, I'm, not really a sh- I'm not really a shooter, I feel like. Oh, you're I not just, a shooter? Huh? Nah, Hold on. Nah. We, we grab, you got rebounds? He's a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> He's a catcher. He's kidding him off the board. <laughs> nah, bro, I, I, as far as that's concerned, I feel like that kind of energy always like comes to me. Like it's like. Oh, gonna, boy. It, and then like a conversation happens. I don't feel like I have to do anything like drastic. You uh-huh. know? I just feel like that's just not. Is that in everything? Or we still just talk about the ladies? That's the that's, uh, approach to women, yeah. Okay. You got to shoot your shot moment in, uh, I mean. Like in life. Life, younger days, or we're just going to kind of bet on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to okay, give us that then. So I was, we're going to jump right in. I was suspended <laughs> out the I was Look suspended out the, So I was uh, suspended from the league for a year. Uh-huh. And um, uh-huh. I was down, like, I was home the first couple months. I went to rehab. I mm-hmm. came back. I had a job. I was just working at Sprouts. And I would go to the gym every now and then. I would work out. And I have a trainer. His name is Quay Mack. He, okay. I've known him since I was five years old. And. He would be on me like, yo, we got to get you training like so you can get back like when your suspension's up. And I was like, I didn't feel like even going back at that time. Right. And playing. And I remember I was like, well, I'll go out there and try to train. And I was, you know, trying to work out. And we had to like share the field with like some high school teams. Mm -hmm. And um, I could barely make it through the workouts. I was tired. And it was just like, you know, people that I knew were seeing a film of me trying to train. Like my trainer was uh, filming it. And it was kind of like. A joke kind of thing. It was like a laugh, like a laughing matter almost. Right. And um, you know, I would, it was just, it just had hurt me. And then I was like, at some point, it just had to click for me where it was like, if I'm gonna go after this, I can't, you know, go after it with like a victim's mentality. I have to really attack it and want it for me, and have to have that conviction in me to want to play the game. And uh, it kind of happened once I kind of developed more mentally and uh-huh. spiritually within myself. I could see that. You know, this game was a platform for me, not only for myself, but to uh, serve other people. And I could see that and take that with me. And that kind of gave me the energy to attack that training and go forward. And it was still kind of people like, man, Doubting you him and still yeah. like, yeah, it's going to happen again. He's going to get popped out again. Like, and you know, I just kind of stayed the course. And then now it's like, I'm here now. There it is. He's here. I'm here now. I'm here now. That's Hey, there's no other way to kind of intro that, right? But yeah. I'm here now. So where did your like love for the sports come from? You know what I mean? Like, was it a first sport that you played that you had to love or, you know, how did that, how did that develop? Um, I started off playing a lot of sports when I was younger. It was football and basketball first. Uh, my dad's from uh, Queens, New York. Okay. So like, uh-huh. All right. Nice. Uh, Shout out to Queens. My Brad. Uh, <laughs> uh, basketball guy through and through. Okay. Um, so he started me and my sister real early. And the hoop game. First and, okay. Um, played that when I was four and football when I was four. Oh, okay. And, um, from a really young age, I don't know what it was about football. Like my mom would tell you, like I would, whatever sport was in season I was playing, like I would sleep with the football, like I would be running around the house with the football, doing anything Absolutely. around the house with the football. Uh huh. And um, basketball season, same thing. And I was like five, six years old, watching these NFL films from like the fifties going forward, and remember memorizing all that stuff when I was like really young. And that's it. Just was I was just really drawn to it. I'm a student and, of the game. Um, yeah, and I played all. 
almost every position. I started off playing on the line when I was little. <laughs> then I moved to, then I moved to quarterback and played quarterback for oh, a long wow. time. But, okay. Uh played baseball when I was younger. So I don't know what it was about but the competitive aspect I really liked. Which is always in you. It started out like just being in the cul-de-sac outside. Like our parents would just have kick us outside and just we would just be playing out there and just try anything, play anything and that just made us competitive and you know, we saw great people on television, great athletes right. growing up, so we knew what greatness looked like. I That's love it. Crazy. So with that being said, did you have a person in particular that I mean, I'm sure a lot of people try to compare you to Jimmy Graham, the whole height and, and playing basketball and everything else. But anyone that you kind of looked up to, like, man, I could be like that dude and make it happen. Uh, I mean, I just looked up to the quarterbacks, really, because um, when, when I was, like, super little. But when I got older and kind of developed into my style of play, um, I was uh, – I mean, Calvin Johnson, because he was at uh, – from Georgia. That's Georgia right, went to Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah. Um, he kind of created the mold. So when I knew I was kind of going to be an offensive player, I looked at him and I was like, I mean, he just take over the game. He's like, a monster. It's like he's a different. He's a different doesn't, animal. It doesn't matter what you do. He's a different animal. What's crazy about that? Obviously, you've met him, and, and right. I mean, he's almost the same size as you, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think I might be a little, maybe tall, a little bit taller. taller than him. Yeah. Okay, but as a receiver, he's brawling. Like, yeah, he's diesel to be to be a receiver. Megatron. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> Megatron for yeah, the for a reason. Yeah. So, born in Maryland and grew up in Georgia? Correct. I was born in Landover, Maryland. Okay. How long was it like? That was like a year. I was still a baby. Oh, got you. Moved to Colorado because my dad got a job there. Okay. And then moved to Atlanta because my dad got a job with Coke. Ah, well, yeah, that's a headquarters out there, right? (laughs) Okay. You got to go there. When you go to Atlanta, you got to visit the Coca-Cola. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, grew up there for for the most part. And just a really quick how did Georgia Tech become the, the the stomping ground, and who else was recruiting you at the time? Um, I wasn't very highly recruited at all. Okay. Um, it was Georgia Tech. I had offers from um, Troy University, Marshall, Air Force, and Western Kentucky. Those were the offers that I had. Wow. Okay. And um, but yeah, when Georgia Tech like offered, I was like, man, like it's home. It's not a cold weather. It's not a military. It's not somewhere. Megatron. Yeah, and it's like in the ACC. Looks, yeah. So I, I saw that, and it was like, I'm going to be going against the top competition uh, every year, and I would have an opportunity to play early. So I just figured out they offered me at the camp, and I committed on the spot. Oh, wow. Were wow. you do, What positions were you playing in high school? Was it both? I didn't even it? play offense in high school, really. I think I may have had seven catches in high school, and they were all like go routes. <laughs> hey, because that's that's the athlete right there. Yeah, that's right. what you just tell them. Hey, just run. Just, run. Just, like, <laughs> just, just We'll get it to you. Right. Yeah. But, um, I played. I played free safety in high school. What? I was. Um. I was really small. Um. It was great asset. Before, right, just before my junior year, I was five nine, like one fifty in my sophomore year, and then that summer I grew to like six two, six three. Okay. I was like one seventy. I was still real skinny, but. Um, I, growing up, one thing I could always do, I could always tackle. So okay. Was, you you come up, bring the wood a little bit, huh? Yeah. And so I I was just playing safety, and I got comfortable there, making tackles, making plays on the ball. And, you know, that was just what I was doing. And I got to college, and I was number 88. I was like, uh, well, I guess I'm going off. <laughs> <laughs> he, he chose his position from his number in his jersey. Uh, right. He's like, you know, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do then. <laughs> so how about that, playing in the ACC at Georgia Tech, getting a chance to play against the Clemsons, the Florida States of the world? Uh, as far as the conference goes, how did you enjoy playing in that conference? Um, it was great. I mean, you got matchups every year, and then you throw, um, like, Georgia in the mix as a rivalry game. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, the ACC, you know, Miami, Virginia Tech, That's like, right. it's, it's talent all over the place. Um, and it's a really good league. Like, people people knock on, on it, a little but, bit. But, I mean, it's competitive, like, within it. Like, it, it may not be the SEC and the caliber players and the caliber recruits, like, stars and everything, but it's a competitive league. Like, somebody – New would win it every year. Like now, it's Clemson all the time, but it would always change. Yeah, all the time back when I was there and the, like the years prior. I got you. So when you say you played a lot of sports, baseball was one of the sports you played as well. Right. When, like, how long did you play that? And then how did you know like football was where you wanted to like hang my cleats? Like this is the one out of you know just being an athlete. Well, baseball was my favorite sport. Really? I started when I was eight and was instantly like there it is. Could hit and field. Like, uh huh. Natural. Like I yeah, and uh, I just ran with that. I love playing baseball. And then I did you play all the way up through high school? Uh, I played up till high school. I had uh, an elbow surgery like very early, like from just doing too much, pitching too much, throwing too much, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and not really uh, caring for it properly. And right. uh, so yeah, I, I wish I could have played baseball in high school, but I, didn't. Um, I played tennis when I was younger. 
Yeah. I used to take tennis lessons. He's um, like me. He's trying to have a Brian Salmon story. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> my, my mom always tells me about the time when the tennis coach said that if I would have chosen Stuck tennis over football, he would have made me into a pro tennis player or something. And I was like, well, I mean, it's like we in the South. It was like, nah, we playing football. Well, hey, when they got you running go routes as a senior, you, I know. You, there's pretty much anything you could do they put to it. So when you're playing baseball and when you got the injury, you, uh, I've heard in interviews that's kind of where you think you started with, you know, your first kind of issue or you or maybe that's where you kind of pinpoint it. So what happened with that? Like after was it a surgery that you had to have or what 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 happened? Yeah, I had a um, an operation on my elbow and uh, I was down for a while. Um, it, it took me out of like half the football season and through most of the spring. And um, yeah, that was my first experience with uh, like pain pills, okay. like oxycotton, things like that. Right. And I just, it was just like an instant click for me. And it's like back then you didn't, you don't know how genetics and uh, family history and their patterns kind of play into addictive personalities right? and, and things like, like that. Because like if somebody doesn't have addiction in their family, they could try something and be like, eh, I can stop. But in me, it's like an instant click. And it's like, that's where, that's, that's where it's at right there. Really? And, um, and how old were you when that started? Um, I was like 15. Really? Mm -hmm. So did you battle that? Like, was that a short-term thing? Or, because, you know, you talked about it. You know, we all had a, well, I hope all of us saw Hard Knocks. That's where I became the biggest fan to hear, like, yeah, hear yeah. like you overcome it, man. So if you could share just a little bit about that. But was that the start and then it kind of went away? Or was it always something that just kind of plagued you? I didn't know it was a battle until four years later. Really? Because it was like, you know how people kind of evaluate success. It was like I still had a 4.0 GPA. Um, by the time, like right when I started taking pills, it was weird because it was just like when I started taking pills, it was like I felt like my life got better. It was like I got bigger. Um, you know, I wasn't really popular with women at all in high school. I got bigger, started playing on the football team. Uh -huh. They start coming around. People want to be your friend, things like that. So I was like, you're like, oh. I was really big. Like I needed approval from people, and um, so that like made me feel good and it was like and then now it's like okay like I pop pills too like that that's cool to people and so it just felt like that was what I was supposed to be doing like it, was, it needed to be a part of my life going forward and so I was still doing good in school still handling business and getting better at football and things like that um but yeah I, I but I missed the signs like I started getting in trouble and just like and I would still pick drugs over like changing over like there were plenty of opportunities where it was like okay like this this is this is the time to do it but it was like I didn't know how quick that I would be addicted to addicted. it. I and it was growing and it turned into weed and alcohol like as the years went on in high school. And then when I got to college, it was just like full bore, just, just out, of, out of control. I almost hate to ask this just because I'm a, we talked about this off camera, just a, a huge fan of hip hop and music and everything else. But unfortunately, especially for your generation, man, it's almost cool to do that. Like you were talking about like no, pop yeah. pills, smoke weed, drink and all that. Does any, any of that kind of um, play into the, you know, like the, the fact that you were really doing it, yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely. I remember I was in Baltimore my second year, and um, the future song "Mask Off" came out. And he was like Percocet, so like Percocet. I was so deep into using that, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to that song without wanting to pop something. Oh, damn! Uh, and it was like, the, and it was crazy because I was just having this thing else in my mind. I was like, the beat is so hard, and I love this beat so much, but. He's talking about things that are bringing me down. So it's like it's like it's, it's lifting me up, but bringing me down at the same time. And I could it was just it's feeding the beast or a feeling. demon. It's feeding the demon. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I almost hate to even ask that because you know you hate the, the negative connotations that comes from people that are kind of outside the culture. But I mean, it does play a play a part to to kids and everything else. Oh, big so, time. Yeah. Because once um you become it's you what numb to the situation to where it doesn't like phase you anymore, then it's it's really easily accepted, right? And it's like, I feel like these artists are people too. So it's like, they're making it seem like it's a party thing. It's fun. But at the end of the day, they got issues they trying to deal with and they trying to flush it down. Like, and you don't you know, see those tune it out. And yeah, you don't see it because their Instagram is popping at all times, 24 seven. And it's like, you kind of get a distorted view of it and you start comparing yourself to them. And then it's like, you can start getting on them rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So man, so you got through college with no incidents. Um, with none in the Republic. I mean, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, like, got popped for a couple of drug tests and had to was suspended Suspended. some games in college. But okay. There were in, all kinds of incidents that were happening behind the scene, like, with the team, like, internally, of just me, like, spazzing out. And um, and it was just, like, all bad. Like, so my, relation, my time at Georgia Tech wasn't that great. It's, what? like, 
people look back on college like the best four years of their life. Like for me, it was it was almost miserable, honestly. Just getting through. Yeah. Wow. So speaking of that, like if you look at your stats, it, it just seems like your senior year is the year you went off, right? Like it, there was momentum, your senior year, your production. You guys had a great year, a little tough year, I guess. Uh, lost to ACC, was at uh, two points yeah. <laughs> last minute. But then y'all won uh, the bowl. What bowl game were you guys in? Uh, uh, Orange, Orange Bowl. bowl. So, you know, you had to battle against uh, – who was uh, – y'all played Mississippi in the Orange Bowl. Oh, yeah, Dak Prescott. Had to play, yeah. play against Dak. What was, like, your memory kind of going into, like, playing those high-level games at the end of your career? What was the, the, the memory you, you have most with those? Um, so, yeah, I remember being at Tech. It was, like, when we played the teams that we could just run the ball down their throat and there's nothing they could do about it. Uh-huh. Um, that it would just be, like, I wouldn't really get shown a lot of love. But when there was teams that we played against that had the talent to stop it, and we had the people to make plays, they would turn to me in those games. So it was like the Georgias, the Clemsons, the Florida State, Mississippi State games like that. Like that was where we got it was my opportunity to, to shine. So um, I just remember those games and knowing like I was trending upward in the right direction as the se- as, as it got later in the season, as the games got more meaningful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think about that too. Like being a tight end in college at Georgia Tech, you guys are running like the, the old school wing team. He was a wide receiver, wide receiver at receiver. Tech. Yeah. But I mean like, cause they never threw the ball. I mean, I remember, uh-huh. I, at the time, I worked in New Orleans at Tulane, and I remember Tulane played against Georgia Tech in their brand-new stadium. Um, and they got, just never threw the ball. The fact that you made it to the league coming from that school with that kind of offense, I mean, that says a lot about what you did at the school, didn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> I was, uh, I had 51 catches total in my college career. <laughs> That's and, insane. And my team, uh, Zay Jones on the team, shout out to Zay. Zay, um, yeah. He had like 150 catches his senior year of college at East Carolina. Like he set the NCAA <laughs> all-time record for catches in a season. Yes. And it's like seeing that. <laughs> it's so it's the like, difference, wow, right? Like, Career season. Complete opposite ends of the spectrum. That's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> what was that recruiting process, right? So what was your mindset? Because you did play receiver in, in college. What was that mindset going into um, the draft and, and, and like, uh, training and working out? Like, was it something that, you know, your agents or your people told you to look at being a tight end? Was that the thing they were telling you to make that tr- that change? Or, or how'd that work out? Um, it was half the teams were saying um, potential uh, switch to tight end. And okay. Half the teams were like, oh, we can see you being a receiver. And so, um, but I remember distinctly I had a, um, a private workout with the Patriots. I think uh, the coach was the running backs coach for the Patriots. And he t- sat me down at the end of the workout. And he was like, um, yeah, if you if you want to be a good wide receiver, if you want to be a play wide receiver, you can do that. And you can end up being a good wide receiver. He's like, but you could play tight end and be a great tight end. And I, but at that time, I was like, I couldn't really perceive greatness just because of my mental health. Right. Um, but I can, I can look back on that moment and be like, wow, like that was like people could see that in me then when I couldn't see it. When myself. you couldn't see it, yeah. and that's kind of how we let off the show when you were talking about that relationship with John too, right? When people set that expectation. So you you go in and you know you're training, you go to the combine. How how did the combine and your draft day process go? Um, so the combine was a success, like in the media. As far as um, because like I ran a fast forty time. Oh yeah, would you like four? four I ran or something? four four six. That's crazy. And hey, crazy. just run the go right, but and <laughs> you like two fifty. Um, at the combine I was two thirty eight. Okay, still. Um, but yeah, so on the field like it was a success. My drills look good and all that, but um, like in the interview process, there's this um room. I don't remember what they call it, but it was uh. You just go around from team to team. Like, there would be a million tables, and each team was in there. You would interview with the Bengals and go hop right to the Cowboys, hop right to the Texans. Like, we had bounce, uh, we had Jerome Sapple, and he kind of talked about, like, that process where, like, it's intimidating. You're in a room, and it's a couple coaches, yeah. and it could be the head coach, and it could be the scouts. Right. So, <laughs> so you're bouncing around. I just remember that process and just how bad I felt when I left because I was literally lying to all those teams. About, oh, wow. Like, they were like, so, like, because their main questions were all the red flags, like getting in trouble, like the drug tests. And I was telling them, like, no, this isn't a part of me. Like, this was, I was just in college. Like, this is what men do in college. When it was really, like, I knew deep down what the truth what was. It was. And I was just lying to them. And it was just like, you know, like, you, you kind of, you can't fool yourself at the end of the day. And you yes. pick up on your own character. And it was just like, I'm just lying to people. Like, I'm just trying to get over. And it's like, I'm always trying to hide things. And it, it, it just didn't sit well with me. So it was like, on the sur- it's like on the surface, like the combine is great. Darren Wall did great, and it's just like, but I left with the thoughts of like, wow, like I'm a liar, like I'm a manipulator. Well, just just to keep the glass half full from my side, and you've already been through all of this, but 
if you would have went into those interviews and told them, hey, you know, I'm still using, I'm still doing this. Oh, it's over. You don't get yeah. the gig. So, I mean, like That's you did, true. you were smart in doing what you had to do, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I guess things so. happen the way they happen for a reason. Exactly. I mean, you came back and did what you were supposed to do to kind of get off the, um, to kind of get off what you were doing. Right. Man. That's tough. Yeah. So, what does August 11, 2017 mean to you? Man, that was, uh, that was the last day that, uh, I've ever used drugs. Um, that was the day that I overdosed in my Jeep uh, in Maryland. Oh, it was an overdose? Yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it, it was like I didn't voluntarily go to sleep in my car. Right. Like, grocery store parking lot. So um, so that's what August 11th was. And then it was like a switch clicked. It was like that was a moment where it was like, okay, I finally need to change. At least my life being in the balance was enough for me to want to change. And so since that time, Obviously, you've had struggles, or probably you know it's it's a it's a physical and mental struggle to to not go back. But since that time, it's just been for the most part uphill for you. Yeah, it's been growth. Um, I would say the first six months of my recovery, uh, I was envious of people. Um, how like oh man, they can still drink, they can still use, and nothing bad happens to them. Like they don't get in trouble. But every time I do, it's like something happens. Like I'm always getting jammed up in something. Mm-hmm. But then it was like when I really they got the twelve step program. Um, and I started taking that seriously. And it's really just like a, it makes like a spiritual shift in your life. And, um, and after that, it was just like, I felt like connected to the path that I was on where it was like, I'm not meant to be doing these things. I'm not meant to be normal. I'm meant to do things differently and, and walk a different path than everyone that I'm around. And once I could finally see that in myself, it wasn't tempting me. Like I could be in a room where people are blowing gas in my face, passing bottles around. And it's just like, I'm at peace because it's like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not going to judge them in the process. That's um, beautiful. So, because I just, I just know what I'm supposed to be doing now. Man, and coming to that kind of realization, I mean, it, it, it just one, it has your self-esteem just as high as it could possibly be. Like, you know, what I mean, I, I would just assume that just looking at you, it makes you kind of feel like you're just glowing when you when you talk about that. Like right. to know where you've come from and get to that. I mean, it's got to make you feel like your heart has got to be. Yeah, yeah. You just feel like you're not fighting yourself anymore. It's just like me and myself are, are on the same page we you know we working towards what we're supposed to be doing we're trying we're working trying to live an honest life trying to do right by other people and uh yeah we can work with that and your inspiration at the same time yeah because people look at your story be like man if he can do it i can do it and i'm sure you tell people that as well yeah it's, it, it's it, i'm still trying to wrap my mind around it all because you know it's like when you live and you know you're not living a life of inspiration and mm-hmm. now it's like it's different like people can say look at your story and it can cause a major transformation in their life. It's like, it's, it's still something I can't really wrap my mind around. I love that, man. Yeah, that, that's great to hear. That's good stuff. Well, we always like to start with the background, man, but let's get into the game, man. Talk about your career a little bit, man. So my question is, how did you sign with Young Money Sports? So if for people that may not know Young Money is Little Wayne's, he's the rapper Little Wayne's, his sports agency. How did you come to sign with Young Money? So when I was coming out of college, it was um, it was players rep, sports management. Oh, okay. So uh, the people that I signed with the agency, we were players rep, and it was like you know they would go after young uh, late round prospects, but that showed value, and it's like guys that are really going to be like have to work their way, fight their way because they're an agency that's you know they had to fight their way to get to where they are. Right. And um, I remember <laughs> I was suspended, and they got like they made a deal with young money and got bought out and then i was like i got like some gear in the mail from them i was like what is this and i was like <laughs> but then it was like i was like oh we young money, money now, now right like, all right all right yeah, let's board. roll with it <laughs> some tight skater pants in the mail oh uh, with, with the truck fit you got the truck fit <laughs> wow. some garanimal <laughs> designs and shit <laughs> oh shit um so then and that agent you had, well, Cody's your agent, right? Yeah, so Cody. he he just stayed with you the whole time, and he still reps with you yeah, under that. Yeah, the whole the whole agency stayed by me through everything, everything that I was doing, all the suspensions, all the everything, all the negative things that were happening. Mm-hmm. They still another another case of somebody seeing things in me that I couldn't see in myself. I love I mean, it. That's God working for him. Hey, look at God, right? Yeah. And, oh, oh, go ahead. With that being said, you with Young Money, you love music, do music. I mean, that seems it, it was it's almost perfect because you I'm assuming you weren't doing music at the time. Um, I started doing music my rookie year in Baltimore. I was really bored up there. And um, I knew like when we were in college, people would freestyle and like uh, pass the pass the beat around. And um, oh, yeah, it would be like I could put two bars together 
that were nice, but I couldn't string anything together. So, I, but I was like, if I could write stuff out, I feel like I could be good at it. And I just started writing it out and would just make trash stuff on my computer and garage band for a couple of years. <laughs> and then like, I feel like I started getting better and uh, started going to a real studio and just built up courage to do that. And it's just been going ever since. I love it. So thousand yard season. I mean, that's big. After you're coming from, what did you say, 70, 77 catches? 51 catches, catches oh, 50, in college. Yeah. 51 catches. I didn't have 1,000 yards total in college. Wow. Over the whole? Over the whole four years. <laughs> this guy had triple the amount of receptions in one season. So, I mean, so that was exciting for you, right? You had right. to enjoy that. And I guess being, you know, uh, Derek Carr's uh, security blanket <laughs> it definitely helped. Uh, how did y'all build that chemistry? And, I mean, um, tight ends are definitely most quarterbacks kind of, like, go-to, right? Especially in that offense. Especially in that offense, the way Gruden moves you guys around. And, I mean, you're, you're damn near your wide receiver, just the way they kind of line you up and do those things. But how did you guys develop that kind of chemistry? Um, I feel like it developed um, really, like, just with talking about life. And, um, you know, they, Derek would host Bible studies. And it was I would kind of go in there and just kind of share about what I was going through and what I was thinking and what has happened in my life up to this point. And – you know, there'd be people in there looking like, like, whoa, like, he giving it real, real in here. 100%. But, um, like, but Derek was always welcoming, always encouraging, you know, and it kind of built from there. And it was just like, you realize there's people that really care about you and want to see you win. And so anytime he was throwing, I was like, I'm there. Like, and then, like, before the season, like, they when they let Jared walk in free agency, um, they were just like, you know, this it's time. Like, they didn't even give me no, like, Step up. big speed. It was like, let's go. Let's like, go. We, like, this is your time. Like, we believe in you. And yeah. so that kind of stuff was just like a spark. That's Opportunity is huge because, I mean, Cook had a, a monster season. Oh, beast. He had a beast. monster season. And you got a chance to kind of work with him, learn from him and whatnot, right? Yeah, I was there the last six games of the season and seeing him at practice, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. That's what real I'm supposed deal. to be doing. That's a real deal right there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Man, so he leaves. He goes to New Orleans, right? Yep. Yeah, he goes to New Orleans. Drew Brees, like, that's yeah, he landed on his feet. <laughs> he's he, he going to be all right. He's yeah. going to be okay out there. <laughs> make that work. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but, yeah, to me, it seems is, is Derek Carr really as cool as he seems he is? Because I've interviewed him a few times. He just seems like he's the like a real stand-up dude. Yeah, he's solid. Um, it's not – there's nothing like where he puts on something for the cameras and it's a different thing behind the scenes. It's, it's real solid. He welcomes us into his home all the time around his family. Um, That's you know, big. Speaks life into us. Um, he's always encouraging people. Is never one to single anyone out or call someone out or just like you know berate them on the sideline or anything like that. But I mean, he just that's that's just who he is. So like what EJ said, you had that thousand yard season. So after you had that season, I mean, that that's got to make you feel like everything that I've gone through as far as like life off the field, uh, you know, playing on the field and not really you know having the stats and everything else, and that for the Raiders to kind of take that flyer on you and you perform like that. I mean, how how does that make you feel? That you got to be like on top of the world. Yeah, uh, just extremely grateful, honestly, um, to be able to be in a situation where I can produce and can be consistent for a team and just have that opportunity because all the times I screwed it up before. Right. And it's just like, you know, if with my actions before, I don't even really think I deserved it, but the fact that it was given to me back to me, um, I, it allowed me to have a new appreciation for that and just, just life in general. That's big, man. Man, yeah, you can see that. So, no, Derek, so I actually worked in Fresno. Uh, before I came back to, to Vegas, I took a little qu quick break. And, um, you know, he's really big in that community because, you know, and I'm pretty sure he shared this, that hospital saved his son. So he has like a really big connection to that city and that hospital. So he does a lot with them. And, you know, we he's come back and he's been so gracious because, you know, I was in sponsorship, so I'm selling. And he takes time with everyone. He'll take the pictures. And he's always been like a true, you know, real kind of guy. So I, you sharing that, so not only did you guys connect on a, a respect and a trust level, that takes that trust level for him on the field to know that he can depend on you when you and you don't want to let him down. So that just right. that's awesome, man. Right. And and you didn't let him down, man. You like clutch every time, like you're first down, <laughs> guaranteed first down when you get the ball man. in your hand. <laughs> Dude's a monster, man. <laughs> monster. So um, speaking and tight end and like the dynamic on the team, you got a you got a, a rusty old vet. I shouldn't call him rusty though, should I? <laughs> yeah, I, don't think, I don't think rusty's the word. <laughs> Solid vet. Solid vet. Okay. Solid vet. So how have you had a chance to kind of get around him and gain some of that knowledge? And yeah, he's come out when um because we were throwing like all spring and stuff, and he's oh. he's come out and uh, 
you know, interacted with us, running routes, working out with us. Okay. And yeah, I mean, he's dope to be around. Uh, yeah. It's a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's a nice guy. He wants to be around. He wants to get to know you. Um, he's not a guy that thinks he's, like, above everyone else. Um, so it's it's an awesome addition to our position room and to the team in general because that's a, that's a Hall of Famer. I mean, no, he's a anytime, big-time Hall of Famer. Anytime you're around that, you, you listen. And it takes you to another level. Right. That's good stuff. Yeah, it can soak up a lot of knowledge. I mean, do you take time, like, kind of picking his brain, like, man, what about this, or maybe how you did that, or? Yeah, it's been it's been tough with the uh, whole COVID situation. I was gonna ask because that. it's been like Zoom meetings, and you're not like in the actual meeting room with each other. But now it's different. Now camp's about to start, and you can be around him more. And it's like you're around him every day. It's like that's when that growth can start. So it's a little later than what we thought it would be, but hey, we got it. So that's and that's good. He he got out there, so you guys were able to get out and kind of you know, do stuff on your own or whatever, you know, following league guidelines. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but you guys were able to get out there and just throw and get to know each other because you got, got some more weapons on that offensive side, man. Facts. You've got to be excited about that. Facts. Yeah. yeah. Um, Henry Ruggs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As, as advertised. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, like a stupid athlete. You know, um, I feel like Brian Edwards was a beast in college as mm-hmm. well. Um, Lynn Bowden, I mean, what? He do he can do anything, you know what I'm saying? With the yes. ball, like line up anywhere. Um, but yeah, we got you t- put that on top of Josh Jacobs, which is Hunter Renfro, um, Tyrell Williams about to go crazy this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited, boy. Y'all got some things. Yeah, that offense is looking. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. You're putting some stuff together. Right. So you mentioned Josh. Both of you guys, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, definitely got some Pro Bowl snubs. What uh what is that kind of motivation for you guys? I mean, do y'all ever talk about that or you know, I know it's about um team goals, but you know, it, it's good to have most uh personal goals to kind of push you and to strive for. Um what was you guys' conversation about that or or was it nothing? It just kinda of rolled off your back. Um, for me, that's it's just more of a thing where it just puts the emphasis on more of it's about what I think of myself at the end of the day. Yeah. Because it's like you can't control other people's opinions. Facts. No matter how good or how bad. Um, the product you put on the field is people are going to have their opinions and that's that. And um, so I don't, I'm not trying to wake up and, you know, make sure those people are saying these things about me or putting me in these spots. Like, cause if I put myself in that spot, that's, that's enough for me now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I see how it can motivate a lot of guys because I mean, you know, you see yourself and you respect your craft and you want others to respect it as well. Um, so I understand how people get motivation from that. That just doesn't work for me. Um, so I just kind of, it just makes me, realize that I got to respect my own game. If I respect my own game, it's going to be what I want it to be. Okay, so you're taking that same stance to uh, your Madden status? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I, I have one gripe. Let's go. Let's Because that's the thing, right? Like, I, we always ask guys, like, hey, does, is the Madden status important? I have one gripe, and it's statistically backed. Okay, let's hear it. Um, my speed is still under 90 on Madden. Ah. And there is a list of the oh. top 10 fastest ball carriers, top miles per hour in the okay. league, and I was number eight. And it's all your fastest players that you can think of in the league, and, they, and I'm in there. Okay, so we got to get Madden on the phone. Like we yeah. got we got to get that corrected, right? If we could get like a 91. Right, you know, just break, you just got to break 90, right? You ain't right. asking for a lot, man. Yeah. It's facts. <laughs> just be accurate. 91 would be nice. 91 would be nice. That's like the first thing you noticed too, huh? You noticed that quickly, didn't you? Because it came uh, out, what, like two weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. That they just released the tight ends. And like, you. what are you? I, I wrote it down. Uh, you were at 85. So A lot yes. better than 67. Oh, is that what it was last year? A lot better than 67. What yeah. Is, but I mean, this you look is the, at the numbers, like the jump, like, good Lord. But no, but this is the problem, though. So you, you're top 10. They did at least credit him as a top 10. But just some of the people that were rated above you were just kind of – so the internet went a little crazy talking. There's a little bit of disrespect out there. I didn't see everyone else's ratings. Yeah. I, th- I saw George Kill was a 98 uh, – 90, was he 98? Yeah. Some up there. Like, he's I mean, up that's, there. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's undisputable. Yeah, he's he's, he's but good. they well Gronk is rated high as well, and Gronk he didn't out even the play game. last year. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just kind of like I get it. Like you know, you got to give him his dues, but like you must know. be a body of work thing. And it's like I only got one year. <laughs> that must be what humble, it is. humble right here. Yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> you play though, right? Uh, I don't. Once I started making beats, I don't really play video games anymore. It okay, just naturally yeah. start. It just naturally changed. I didn't even have to try. I can't wait yeah. till we get to the music. We almost there though. Yeah. We are gonna get to it because it's it is. I can see it's a part of your life and involved in life. 
Um, one more thing. Um, and you mentioned, I don't know if we were on the camera or if we were off. I think it was off, but uh, <laughs> my homeboy Bob Watkins, man, wants to thank you for how you turned around his fantasy team last year. Oh, that was off camera. <laughs> was it off he, camera? He was, he was oh, on my fantasy to... team last okay. year. Yeah. Yeah, you, Shout uh... out to Bob, man. <laughs> for real. <laughs> hey, he picked you up and he was like, oh, they sleeping on you, man. So Bob, I picked man. him up. Okay, there you go. I have, a, I have a funny story about that. Oh, let's hear it. Somebody, um, somebody had picked me early and the the draft generator or something was like, did you make a mistake picking him this early? <laughs> um, we'll 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 make sure that we don't put this pick through unless you confirm it. That's, that's <laughs> and I saw Yo. the info. I mean, I couldn't help but laugh. You have to laugh, but damn, <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. That's dirty. <laughs> hey, I t I took uh, you out of the gate because okay. I knew that I knew that Cook was gone, and I knew that I knew that they threw the ball a lot to him the year previous, and I knew they're gonna right. throw you the ball a lot, so. Yeah, I was already. Come on, man. Give me. I was already there. I was already there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was already there. One, uh, one last thing on, on on football. Obviously, coming to Las Vegas. I mean, you came to Las Vegas. They got that stadium. You've been in the HQ now. Yeah. Like, give me your thoughts on at least the HQ. It is bananas. It's incredible. Like, I was my first time in there was today, and it was like it was like a joke. It was just like, what is this? Like, what? <laughs> It's on another, and especially from what you're coming from. No disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect, but, but for people that don't know, we were ooh. in the back of an office park. Hold on, what? The facility, the facility in Oakland was in the back of an office park. It, it was, it was. I'm from Oakland originally. I used to go to the Coliseum to go watch the A's play back in the day, and I went there to cover uh, some games and whatnot. Mm -hmm. By far, and I hate even saying it, by far the worst stadium in the league, like by far. Yeah, I feel like it kind of fit the Oakland vibe though. <laughs> It was just like you know, saw how people was painted like, and if you walk in the stadium where other teams' colors, you might get beat up. Like, it was just a gritty, raw gutter vibe yeah. there. So I feel like the stadium just fit that. The stadium but, was in College Park, oh, pretty funny. much. That's too funny. But but yeah, go, continue. Like as far as like, HQ is is, is sick though. Oh like the, yeah, uh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Like I have no words. Like it's just. In the yeah. stadium as well, right? You had to, did you guys get a chance, or have you had a chance? I haven't been in the stadium since it's been completed, but Got I mean, you. if you just ride up and down 15, like no, it's amazing. It's just like you, you, get, you get visions, you know. Death Star, yeah. I know the Death Star <laughs> or the giant Roomba. Or the giant right. Roomba. <laughs> have you not seen? I saw a guy had a video where he put like Allegiant Stadium on a Roomba, and you just see when he's playing the Death Star, <laughs> the theme of it. It's like okay, you gotta take the good with the bad, right? Internet undefeated. <laughs> Undefeated. Internet is undefeated. <laughs> undefeated, undefeated for real. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, so, um, and why don't I just get turned around? Um, have you heard of the Vegas flu? No. <laughs> That's a good one. So, which is great that you are in a situation where it's not going to affect you because that could have been a concern when people come in. So, the Vegas flu is when other teams come in and, <laughs> yes, and they can't. They, they play can't, like garbage. They can't handle <laughs> You know the amenities a city like ours has, and they play like shit. <laughs> I saw I saw the hockey number, the hockey uh, numbers on that. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. So, um, you know, we hope that kind of comes back into play <laughs> sooner than later. But hockey has no curfew. I heard that hockey teams don't have curfews. When oh, they really? The but NFL is it's oh, it's totally different. Y'all locked down, huh? Yeah. Latch down. <laughs> you see the way his face changed? You start talking about that? <laughs> Latch down. Like he's like a symbol. He's like, man, yeah. This is... <laughs> wow. So it'd be hard for NFL teams to come in here and have a really good time because they're going to be on lockdown. I feel like some of, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way. <laughs> you see them trucks, girls, to your room, but the, well, that's a well, that's a whole nother story, a whole nother story. All right, so. Um, I introed with, you know, your relationship with Gruden and he believed in you, man. And that was, I think I saw it on an interview that you said that, man. How, how was it getting that call? Was it him that initially reached out or how did that kind of set up where, where they brought you here? Um, so when I was in Baltimore, shout out to uh, Robert Griffin III, RG3. Okay. We would um, throw, you know, guys warm up in t-shirt and shorts for the game. After everyone would go inside, me and him would run like 15, 20 extra routes because, like, we weren't playing in the game, so we were just getting work in. Mm -hmm. And we were playing the Raiders that day, and uh, Greg Olson, who's the quarterback's coach, um, was, like, saw me, like, over there running routes, and he was like, who is that? Mm -hmm. And then um, the tight end coach, Frank, who's our tight end coach now, shout out to Frank, he uh, was like, that's Darren Waller. Like, when I was in Chicago, we tried to trade for him when he was, like, playing in Baltimore his second year. Okay. And we're like, he, he can play, like, and then um, – 
then uh, Oli, we called Greg Olson Oli. Uh, Oli. He went and told Gruden, um, you know, this guy is. He's got something. Yeah, he's he. We saw him. It was like, wow, we we gotta bring him in because at that point, Oakland season was pretty much over, and it was like they're bringing in guys like it was open tryouts. Mm. And so it was like the I was uh I got the mirror knocked off my Jeep in Maryland somehow, and I was at the collision <laughs> shop the, that Monday morning. Okay, my agent called me and was like, Oakland is putting you on the fifty-three man roster, and I was like, wait a minute, because. I had hope up until that point that I would get claimed, but that week it was just hard for me. It was just like, man, like it's Thanksgiving, it's week ten, like I don't know. Right. And then they called me that Monday morning, and they were like, "Yeah, Oakland's gonna put you on the active roster." And I was like, "What in the world?" From, from out here doing nothing to the active roster, like straight. Yeah, to- like they claimed me from the practice squad and Jeez. put me on the active roster. That's dope. Yeah. Man, <laughs> and and like you said, they you know believed in you from the get, release and said, "Hey, it's time to shine." What's it like playing for John Gruden? I mean, that's a lot of a lot. Of, I've asked guys this a lot, but I mean, the guy that you know on being on television and commercials and everything else, he sounds exactly the same way in person. What was it like being with Coach? Yeah, I mean, that's all, that's not, all day. It's not a gimmick. <laughs> that's who he. That's who he is, and it's just like unparalleled energy. Uh, you know, in the meetings, and you know, it just makes things interesting. It's funny. It makes you want to come to work, and I feel like that's an underrated part of football. It's like. You know, guys may be like, man, I got a long day in the building. But it's like, if you go into the building, like, oh, man, like, I don't know what he's going to say in the meeting. Like, but then it, like, helps you learn more because you're more dialed in. You're not just, like, mind just wandering and stuff like that. So his energy. And then he just speaks life into guys. Like, he's not ever speaking negative no matter how bad things are going. He's saying, like, he's telling guys he cares about them and that he knows, like, we're going to turn this around if we in a, a hole. Like, and it's just, like, That's the way good. That he speaks is positive. It's like a perfect kind of coach. Like, when you think a stereotypical coach that – that you want to play for. That's the that's the kind of coach that people want to oh, play yeah, for. Hundred percent. Right? I like that, 100%. man. I like run that. through a wall for that dude. That's 100%. good stuff, man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know, here's a platform, man. We like to call us the winner circle, and we want to get into doing some great stuff, man. And damn COVID, but um, so we want to talk about the you know Darren Waller Foundation, man. You're really getting ready to launch that. Had some events and some things set up, and then you know we got um, hit with this COVID thing. But just tell us a little bit about um, your organization and, and, and you know what you plan to do. Uh, the Darren Waller Foundation, uh, it's aiming to, you know, uh, educate youth on uh, substance abuse, how it comes about, um, uh, signs of it, um, just like, and just to get them to rethink uh, what they're choosing in their life growing up because, you know, there are people, I know people that were sm- smoking weed in middle school and mm-hmm. just starting early and it's just like, if you can get in front of them and say like, hey, I tried that, it's really not taking you where you wanted to take you mm-hmm. and, um, you know, really you know bet on you really seek what you really want to seek like don't be so confident impressing these people because in those times like those young ages it's like you want to impress everyone around you with and so you much are pressure impressionable on you. too right right and it's like you you exert so much energy doing that and you exhaust yourself and then it's like uh when you when things aren't working what do you turn to it's so easy to turn to drugs because that was what happened to me and so mm-hmm. it's like hey man like don't waste your time doing that like really pursue what you want to pursue and, um, you know, that doesn't mean the road's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to know what's going to happen that whole time. But, you know, we just try to get in front of them and let them know that they have a choice to, you know, choose life because that, this road of drugs and alcohol is put you in jail, it's putting you in an institution, or it's putting you six feet deep. Wow. And, and through your organization, how can people, if they're watching this, how can they get in contact with you in order to try to receive this message? Um, man, uh, reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me through uh through Young Money Sports, um, through Raiders Community Relations, like you could, like I'm open to anything. Like, you have a LinkedIn page as well. Yeah, so and I'm, yeah, reach out to me. I'm, I'm all about it. Okay, and do, do you like to, uh, or would you like to like go to schools, or are you gonna try to have um, a program? Guess, yeah, like program like uh, steady programming, or what, what's what's gonna be kind of like how you're doing it. And then other, it's um, it says it's based in Kentucky. Is that kind of just where uh, that's um, a 501c3 like, uh, my tax of, people. Your tax people right. just setting it up. But you are going to do your large base of the, the work here. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, going into schools, whether it's putting up posters on imagery on the walls of, uh, you know, you see, a Ra- you see a Raiders player and it's just like people automatically listen. So it's like if I'm putting – why not put impactful information on there? Like, you know, what's that – like how quickly you can get addicted to pills, how – what what things look like if you, if you choose that route. And um, – going into schools and having, like, you know, TED Talk-style events, like speaking, um, you know, just really trying to get in front of people and put my story out there and just be as vulnerable as possible. And it's like you can still 
be successful, but you don't have to hit all them bumps that I hit. Um, so yeah, and it's just like maybe like working on forming an online community where people can come and it's just like a safe space for them to oh, tap dope. in and be like, man, life been rough, like, but you know I have this space where you can come in and, you know, and people are going to value you, they're going to listen to you and know that, you know, you're safe. Like nobody's going to make you feel any type of way because of what you're feeling, what you're thinking. So those are kind of the things that I've thrown up uh, as ideas for it. And, and that's needed, man, because I think the biggest part when you kind of go off on these these tangents is you go off on a bad route and you stay either alone in it or you have a group of bad people pushing you down that route instead of having that safe space. It's like, yo, that's not cool. You know, the lyrics, the, you know, and, and you, I mean, you better than anyone because to hear you say that you got into it and you started seeing wins, like you started seeing like friends and, you know, you, 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 your, your skills started developing and, and that was just per, per, uh, producing a false yeah. kind of vision. Right. So to be able to bring them from like, no, it's not all as good as it looks. It turns on you in the end. Damn. Was there one, per- I, meant to, I meant to ask you this before, was there a person that maybe helped you? Like maybe that you can think of like, hey, this is one of the people that I really, really leaned on that's that kind of got me to uh, kind of turn myself around with or did it come internally? I could put a list together of a million people that could help me when I was finally ready to help myself. Um, with people that were on staff with the Ravens, um, you know, player engagement, uh, Harry Swain, um, Dr. Trisha with the Ravens, um, they were on my side. Uh, Johnny, the uh, team chaplain, they were on my side back then. Um, even Harbaugh, even the coaches, everyone was on my side, but it was like I was so caught up in my own world that I thought that everyone was just like attacking me. So it was like when I got to the point where I knew that, okay, this is what I need to do. I need help. Those people were able to be of service to me. My parents were able to share their story, their family histories, um, and things like that. And so it was just like, wow, I really have all these people on my team now. It was like, man, we, they've been there the whole time, bro. Right. <laughs> right. I got you. I got you. So, um, my calls, my cleats. Last year, you did the, the Davis direction. So, are we going to have your uh, nonprofit on your cleats this year? That'll be dope. That'll be dope. <laughs> That'll be incredible. That'd be. Um, I mean, because the design and what they do for that is so amazing, man. Yeah. So just to see that and it be your um, your pro- nonprofit, man. That's think about that, man. That's like you talk about full circle. Right. Damn, I just got chills. Yes. <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around this stuff, man. Like, it's, That's amazing, man. Right. Hey, congrats to you, man. Yeah. Because you did Thank the work, you. right? Right. So you got to celebrate the people that do the work, man. So that'd be dope. And, I mean, I think about this, and I ask people this all the time as well. Like, anytime you're you're able to help somebody, like a kid or someone that you talk to, it's almost like you get more out of it than they do in a sense, doesn't it? Right. Um, it's like, yeah, I could do all these things and go out in the field and make things happen, and it makes me feel good, but it makes me feel better when, it, when I can be of service to somebody else and – see and pass that and give life to somebody else like that's just what life is this is what it's about to you know inspire the next man inspire the next woman inspire the youth because they're going to carry on what we start completely agree completely agree all right man so do you have anything else on the foundation no but off off air i want to get some more information from because I, I gotta got him come on our show man you gotta come on on channel three and talk about it as well man oh yeah he plugged that didn't he, he, did, he, just plugged, <laughs> he, he just really just plugged that, <laughs> that on my stage yeah, right yeah. like just damn i'm like wow yeah. i'm like okay that's how we I doing it, it. <laughs> <laughs> hey hustle hard right go for, hey he just shot his shot Hey, curry range jeez well, <laughs> well anyway um Let's get into some of the great stuff you do on your platform, too, is music, man. So when did you get into the music? Um, yeah, I started writing and started, you know, recording 2015 with the, uh, when I was with the Ravens, my rookie year. And just kind of built from there, built confidence in, you know, my material and kept going ever since, man. Um, it just feels like, it just feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. It feels like what I'm supposed to be doing once I kind of learned about my family history with Fats Waller. Yeah, your great grandfather, huh? And I could, yeah. I knew like I, I played. Uh, I was in a band in middle school. I played instruments okay. growing up. Um, what instruments you play? Uh, I was played percussion and I played the piano when I was like a toddler. Um, you know, growing up, so I was like into music, and uh, I was listening to music with like a, you know, a intensive ear. And, with a different ear, yeah. yeah. And so it's like now that I realize that that's in me, it's like I want to capitalize on it. You know what? So. I've, you play in front of millions of people on television, in person. Have you ever had an opportunity to perform your music in front of people? And yeah, I, it was like 
30 people and i was nervous i was really not yeah it's 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 foreign territory it's like it's not all them people out there and the football stadium was like different right okay but that going in front of those people and i was like man i was nervous and it was like (laughs) and that was when i learned to respect for uh performance okay um because i performed two songs and i was damn damn near out of breath And it was like, because oh, I put phys- so much energy the, into it. The physical it. component about it, right? Like, because like, they talk about that when you hear or, or certain things is to breathe. Like, you have right. to know how to breathe when you perform. Yeah. Wow. The breath control and things yes. like that. Like, that kind of resonated <laughs> with me after that. Because I was like, wow. Like, you telling me that they get out here and performing for an hour? Uh, like, oh, a, like a, like a, a Kendrick or a Beyonce out here performing. Beyonce out there dancing while she doing that? <laughs> like a newfound Salute. respect. Huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, we yeah. got we got some of your stuff playing in the background, man. So tell us what this song is. Uh, this is uh, Between the Lines. My uh, favorite. Produced by my man, uh, Smacky Chan. I wrote this song and recorded it in Maryland while I was still on the practice squad in 2018. Uh, I just found a random studio out there and went and recorded it. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, just talking about, you know, seeing your situation and like kind of like my story. It's like you see, like I thought, you know, drugs were making my life better and putting value in it. It's like you kind of got to read into it more, you know, play the whole tape through and realize that the things that you think are propping you up are not really. You can't rely on things external to prop you up. It's got to be internal. and It's got to be, you know, a real shift inside of you. So that's why I feel like this song came from. You know? Man, you let it play for a little bit. Yeah. Now you, you uh, again, you were you were born in, in Maryland, but you, uh, you, you were raised down in the dirty. ATL. In, yep. in, in hot yep. Atlanta. Yep. And you do music. Obviously, that's a hotbed for music. You know what I mean? That's a yep. hotbed for music. So is there someone in particular down there that, you know what, I like their style of music, I like what they do, that's kind of someone that you look up to, or is it anyone else? Like, um, I I love I love it because that's just where I'm from, and it's like I grew up off Gucci, and then now it's like you look at people like Young Thug, and it's like the mumble rap. It's like, yeah, I get I get why people have their gripes with it, <laughs> but at the same time, like that's what I that's like that's what I like. And it's like the beats are crazy. It it's like their flows, like it's just <laughs> it is what it is, but – I don't really like look up to them because I feel like the the lyricism of like New York hip hop and just like people that can really rap was put in me by my dad. And um, so I kind of realized what I look like and I was like, okay, I can accept that the music for what it is because it's lit. Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I respect, you know, storytelling. I respect people that are, you know, crazy with the pen. Like, so I can see music from different perspectives, but yeah, but I feel like my production side started from like more Atlanta producers, but now it's like, I'm trying to just, you know, not be bounded by any type of sound. Um, but, yeah, I just try to, you know, look at music in a universal perspective. So with that, you got to give us the top five. Try to give us the top <sighs> five who you got in there. Because the fact that you're we a young them, cat, We give them dead in our life. What's that? Top oh, five yeah, dead yeah, in our life. Okay. Terrible at ranking people. <laughs> I, I, and it's, it's no disrespect to anybody that's not in your top five. And your top five is your top five. But, I mean, just like your top five artists that you like, these are my my five folks that I listen to. Or you can go ten if you want. Or yeah, do top like, five. I'm not doing ten. Yeah, okay. do top, do top five. I'll do five artists that I really um, Jay Z, um, Drake. Um, man, there's so many people to think about. Um, I can help you. Do you are you a Ross guy? Are you a, um? You yeah, said you, you like the you, New York Penn like guys. Rick you got Ross. yeah. You quoted Ross a couple times. You got Jay Z on there. I like Nas ish. I yeah. Nas is incredible. Kendrick. Um, Kendrick is incredible. You got to put J Cole in there. Um, I mean those are those are the heavy hitters. Like you, you got to put them in there. Yeah. And uh, is um so Drake was uh, signed to Young Money, right? I believe he so. Be, he came up from from Young Money, right? Yeah. yeah right. I'm assuming you probably never had a chance to meet him. You guys are nah, not yet. I, I, you, need, you, you need to make that happen on the next uh, Young Money. Y'all do your Young Money, uh, uh, was it, uh, retreats that you guys do. Did you, go on, did you go on the Young Money retreat this year? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll be going on the trip. Yeah, so you got to say, hey, we need Drake to come through. I'll be, talk, I'll be talking to Tez, you know Tez what I'm <laughs> So, but we'll see what happens. So hold on, now. we'll see what that uh, Young Money record deal then, right? Uh, ain't, ain't no record deal. I ain't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's push for you it, You need right? to holler at these folks, man. You need to sign up. So do you go by Darren Waller or do you go by D-Wall? D-Wall, uh, D-Wall that was just what people started calling me as a nickname uh, for lack of better, no creativity <laughs> okay. whatsoever. Um, I just went with that. Okay. No I might D-Wall. revert back to just my real name. There it is. Okay. <laughs> D-Smooth or something like that. 
That's an old school name. I like <laughs> that's an old player. Well, I like the album. It's, it's Wall Street, right? So that's a little play on money and D. That, that's that's smooth. That's yeah. creative play on words. I like that. Yeah. Right. So I think about this being a, an athlete and, and an artist, especially a rapper. I'm sure you think about this or get asked this. Um, basketball players seem like they got a lot of rappers. Dame Dollar, actually, he's real nice. Yeah. Even, like, again, my, my era, Shaq. Man, Shaq was nice with it. Mm. And you probably heard the back and forth between Shaq and Dame. <laughs> I don't know if any football player, um, your guy that used to be the, the running back for the Steelers with the Jets Le'Veon now. Bill. Yeah, he. Le'Veon. Um, but as far as football players, I can't think. Who else makes? Um, there are a lot of guys that make music. Um, there's a dude, I think his name is uh, Chad Thomas. I don't want to, but uh, he, like, makes his own music he's produced for uh kodak black oh uh, wow like a lot of good records um i know there's uh chauncey gardner johnson on the saints makes music um there's, there's quite a few guys um, okay that's good that, stuff. that make music and it's just like hey man shout out to them for just doing what they want to do but you'll give them bars though um uh, i mean <laughs> you can I say like, it i like i like my product there it is i like, that. He's like, I, I like, like my <laughs> i like me damn it um, so, I, like I mean, so you're making beats. You ever thinking about sampling uh, your granddad, some of your granddad's something putting it in there? That'd be kind of dope. So there is a... Oh, is there something? My first project is called Better Call Wall. It came out in 20, 2017. And there's a song on there called Carfax. There's a Fats Waller sample. Dope. Now we got to go look for that. Is that on the internet? How did I miss that? What the go? Yeah, it's on streaming platforms. Okay. Man, that's just like when Nas did the song with his pops. Oh, that was dope. Yeah. That was really dope. Pops the horn player or whatever. That's dope. I like that. All right, man. Well, hey, like I said, man, time flies when you're having fun, man. This is uh, what we like to call the assist. I mean, you've been sharing a lot. With, uh, this is where you kind of get to put your coaching hat on. Um, you get to, like, maybe share your mantra or just, just a quote or something you would either tell your younger self or just tell the listeners, man. So give us that assist where you drop the jewels. I would say um, success is uh, – uh, Continuing to fail without losing enthusiasm. Is that the Winston Churchill quote? I don't know it word for word, but it's um, okay. something along the lines of um, continuing to fail without losing enthusiasm. Um, I like it. And then at that point, you you get to where you're supposed to be. Because, I mean, it's not like – it's not wins on wins on wins on wins the whole time. It's like you're going to lose. Like you're going to – you're gonna and you're going to feel it. But that's – once you kind of know that balance between losing and winning, the good and the bad, you can really appreciate, you know, where you want to go and – what you want to be so i would just say don't like success is you know continuing to fail without losing enthusiasm like, you got to be able to go through all those obstacles all those things where it's like you know those things because you're really learning like you're you, you think you're losing because you know people may type something people may say something in the way that they evaluate things is different right but you're learning the whole way like you're you're, you're always growing i love it man I love oh, it. Another grounded cat, man. Hey, we got some good ones, man. We got some good ones. All right. So um, now I want to give you, you know, get up into the mic, get focused, get ready. What do you want to tell Raider Nation what to expect this year? Raider Nation, it's a crazy year right now. Um, we don't know what to expect. We don't know if we're going to have a season. Um, but I feel like great things happen in times where you really don't know what's going to happen, where it, Things may be real unpredictable, but, you know, what we're doing is we're preparing like we never have before because um, we know – I mean, I know it's like to have the game taken from me and to see right now this uncertainty, it's, it's got guys on red alert and knowing that, you know, um, there's things in this world that can wipe out this game and we just need to be grateful for it while we have it. And um, But, I mean, we're going to put a winner out there. That's guaranteed. Um, and – that's that's just what we're gonna do. Like we're not settling for less. We're not gonna talk about anything less. We're gonna talk about winning. We're gonna talk about succeeding. We're gonna talk about soaring, and that's just that. Let's man, go. I like that. Let's go. Well, hey man, I truly thank you, man. I thank you for doing the show, man. Coming out here and sharing some time with us, man. Busy schedule. Um, I thank Brian for sitting there helping us out, man. I really appreciate that. Big shout out to uh, James Schneider from Young Money to for her help of yeah, helping shout us out get to this. James. James. She, she does a lot of great work behind the scenes. Absolutely, man. Okay. It's a good people's. Uh, and I want to thank you, the people, for listening, man. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, please give us feedback. And like I said, we're definitely going to put all the contact uh, for these. Um, foundation and just reach out to us if you can't get to him because we're going to make sure that uh, we can support him however we can uh you know we're black and sports on all platforms uh on your, all your social platforms and all your podcast platforms uh don't forget to check out the locker rooms on tuesday the short form and remember we're rooting for you 
screaming. All us blacks got us forcing entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. I'm sorry, everybody from sports to college class to 